Hey baddies, um, I promised you I would try to get an episode up this week, so this is it. <laughs> this is going to be it. Um, what we're going to talk about this week, let's just get straight into it, because what do I have to talk about? Nothing. Just nothing. Surgery. Oh, wait. I think the last episode, I told you all I thought I was going to have to have surgery on the other side of the same toe because I discovered it was all messed up, and that's what happened. <laughs> that is correct. Call it uh, intuition, if you will. But yeah, I went in, I think the next day, I can't remember what day I released that episode. I think it was a Sunday. And I went in that Monday. And uh, they were like, yeah, it's same thing. Exact same thing. You literally just got these injections for and had the surgery. We could have just done the toe all at once. But it decided to not like fully reveal itself until I was healing from the first side. So that was awesome. I uh, got to go through the whole procedure twice, as, except a uh, trigger warning for medical needle talk uh skip ahead skip ahead skip ahead if you need to um they had to numb me this time like five times because my toe just wouldn't cooperate <laughs> so instead of getting the really two painful shots like I think I talked about in the last episode I had to have five or six shots all around my toe so thankfully it was pretty it was like kind of numb when they went back in but I just had all these little pinpricks around my toe from where you could see where they were. the doctor was like numb go numb so yeah and also I'm on a little bit of antibiotic because they think the second side of the surgery the second surgery side um might have a little infection because it's been quite painful and if that resolves itself then awesome and if it doesn't then I have to go in and have it done again but I think this time it'll be covered because it'll be the doctor who needs to like fix it. It wasn't me just having the worst toes in history. But yeah, that's pretty much all that's going on with moi. I had to cancel my trip to Denmark. I think I already talked about that. I should be in Denmark with a great day in right now, but it's just not happening. Uh, so yeah, that really is it with, all with me. That really is all with me. That's it. All. <laughs> Why does anyone listen to this? What's happening? Those are all my updates. Uh, yeah, so today I thought we would honestly just do a quick episode. It's interesting that I just said honestly, because usually when I say quick anything, it turns out to be very, very long. But I think we're going to do just a quick episode on grimoires, because I always had it in my mind. I know we've talked about grimoires, like our tool time episodes. I know I've like made reference to them throughout the podcast, but I don't think... I ever have been like, this is what a grimoire is, and this is how you can make one. Have I? It is totally escaping me if I ever did do that, so we'll just have a refresher today if I did, because it was one of those episodes that was constantly in my mind to do. Like, let's not just say the word and reference it and talk about it in passing, but like, let's talk about what a grimoire is and how you can make your own. And I honestly can't remember if I ever did that or not. Here's the thing. When you do a podcast that's probably nearing 100 episodes by now, I don't even know at this point, over the course of coming on three years, and you've been through a pandemic, and you've been through deep depression, and family trauma, and multiple surgeries at this point, you just can't quite remember what's happened. And you know me, I already have a terrible memory. I just went back actually and looked at a bunch of, I went through every um, old episode name, because I kind of have an idea of what past Mickey would have called an episode if it was just about grimoires and I didn't see anything but I went through and I was like what the hell was this episode about <laughs> like one is called snakes on a plane what is that about I have no did I do an episode about reptiles 
I have been very into dinosaurs lately. That's another journey I've been on. I might start a second podcast about all of my paleontology new interests I've just kind of rediscovered from my childhood. There has to be a link between witch kids and and uh, dinosaurs, right? I think there's something there. Anyway, and geology. I know that's not the study of dinosaurs. Sorry, I've had a lot of coffee today. But yeah, snakes on on a plane? Snakes on the plane? What the hell was that about? Was it an episode about travel? <laughs> I have no idea. I really need to go back and listen to a lot of these. Um, yeah, there were a couple that popped up and I was like, I, I have no idea what this episode was about. I don't, I have no recollection of this. I know a lot of podcasters say that, like you, and I do, I say what I say, I put out the episode, I publish it. And then someone will be like, oh, it was really funny when you said this, or I love this thing. And I'm like, I have, I don't, who, who, what it goes, it goes straight out of my brain. I don't even know what I've talked about for the first five minutes here. But yeah, so I don't think there's been, oh, let me say too, I went back and my favorite uh, title of all of the episodes that I've done is Witches and Herb. I think that's brilliant and I will I will hold on to that forever. I'm really proud of that title, even though I don't know if most people get it. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to do an episode on grimoires today. I don't, I don't remember if we've done one. So if we have, again, sorry, uh, but you know, we can always use a little refresher on some of our terms. And if we haven't, awesome, we're going to do it right now. And what I assume I would have named it had, and what I'm going to name this episode, had I done one before would be put it in the book or let's put it in the book, like a reference to Mean Girls. And I didn't see that. Although, again, I've had a lot of coffee and I went through the list pretty quickly. So I may have missed that too. But you know what? Stick with me. We're going to have a fun episode. It is going to be a shorter one. Uh, basically, so you know, I have a job where I kind of like freelance for some witchy brands. And so I was working on a guide of how to do grimoires. And that's what made me think, did I ever literally do this for the podcast or not? So basically, we're just going to go with that guide that I just wrote. It's going to be quick. It's going to be easy. It's going to be painless. It's going to be fun. That's it. Except as I'm talking, I just thought I really meant to look up what grimoire actually means if it has like a specific definition for the name. So I will be right back. Hi, it's me, the person who lived in France for a year <laughs> and used to actually speak French. Uh, let me say, I did recognize that grimoire is a French word. When I looked up the definition, it came up as French for spellbook. But I don't ever remember learning that. It could be correct because, again, my French is quite literally abysmal. <laughs> but here's what uh, I found on Wikipedia. So that is what we're going to go with. Sorry if you can hear me clicking around. So grimoire, the et etymology, there we go. <laughs> this is exactly what it says on Wikipedia. It is most commonly believed that the term grimoire, now that I know it's French, for sure, I like, my brain's forgetting how to process and say it because I get like so freaked out when I have to speak French. I <laughs> clearly have trauma about my years in France. Um, grimoire originated from the old French word grammaire, grammaire, which had initially been used to refer to all books written in Latin. By the 18th century, the term had gained its now common usage in France and had begun to be used to refer purely to books of magic. Owen Davies, who is referenced uh, earlier, who is a historian, presumes uh, this was because, quote, many of them continued to circulate in Latin manuscripts. However, the term grimoire later developed into a figure of speech amongst the French, indicating something that was hard to understand. In the 19th century, with the increasing interest in occultism, shout out, amongst the British following the publication of Francis, Francis Bennett's The 
Magus, what is that? I have to look that up. The term entered the English language in reference to books of magic. I do also want to point out, though, earlier in this article, it says, while the term grimoire is originally European and many Europeans throughout history, particularly ceremonial magicians and cunning folk, uh, cunning folk as in like not an adjective to describe people, but people that actually were practitioners of magic, uh, have used grimoires. The historian Owen, Owen Davies, who I just mentioned, noted that similar books can be found all across the world, ranging from Jamaica to Sumatra. He also noted that in this sense, the world's first grimoires were created in Europe and the ancient Near East. And also when I was kind of like poking around earlier, I see that we obviously have uh, examples of grimoires, magical books, books of shadows, books of incantations, books of divination, however they were referred to in individual language and cultures. In Mesopotamia, in ancient Egypt, in, uh, let's see, uh, ancient Persia in everywhere. In everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> so grimoire is not a new concept. It's certainly not a new thing. It's not something that has only ever been referred to as grimoire. It is something across cultures, across times, across continents. Um, you know, everyone has their individual individual magical practice in all cultures, which is so interesting when you think about how magic was quickly persecuted <laughs> with the arrival of certain monotheistic religions, but we will not go down that road today. So that is the etymology behind grimoire. But know that it's not something that is strictly like a European practice or strictly a European word. It is a word that has come into popular culture to describe a magical book, a spell book, whatever you might want to refer to it as. Uh, you know, a lot of people use Book of Shadows. And when I was writing the thing for the for my job, I was like, hey, have you ever watched Charmed? <laughs> because that's it. And I think a lot of people's first, especially if you don't grow up like a hereditary witch and you don't have a lot of it in your family, if you're the first one or it's something that like you kind of suspect other family members have, but no one really dabbles in it or acknowledges it. Uh, Book of Shadows and Charmed might be the first grasp you have of that. The other example I used was Hocus Pocus in the book with the eye on it, which is so creepy. <laughs> that book used to freak me out so bad. Well, yeah, because it was an eye and like bound in human skin, right? Not great stereotype reinforcement for witches, as we know. Um, and also I think there, I haven't watched Hocus Pocus in a while, but I think there is quite an association with the book being kind of like devilish and demonic and from hell in certain ways, which also definitely plays into the witch stereotype. But yeah, these grimoires are in like the witchcraft 101. Like we know cauldrons, we know potions, we know spells, we know wands, we know, um, oh my gosh, it just left me. We know crystals, we know tarot cards, and we know grimoires. But I think a lot of people just call them spell books, or you call them book of shadows because you learned it from charm. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just saying all this to say sometimes I think when people hear the word grimoire, they're like, oh, what is that? <laughs> It's not a familiar English word. It's not, and not to say everyone's an English speaker, obviously, but it's not a familiar word. Whereas you hear crystals, you know what a crystal is. You hear tarot cards. A lot of people know what tarot cards are. You hear a cauldron. We have a lot of ideas of what cauldrons are, but then you hear grimoire and you're like, what the hell is a grimoire? <laughs> Just like when I looked back at an episode still called Snakes on a Plane. What what the hell is that? <laughs> but yeah, it's we, we know what it is. It's a very, very common thing. It's very associated with witches and with the craft. But, you know, I don't know a lot of people that are practicing witches that have never heard the word grimoire or, like, had to have it explained to them. So all that to be, all that said, all that being said, there we go, 
Um, it's okay if you've never heard the word grimoire before. It doesn't make you any less of a witch. And it's okay if you don't have one yet. It just makes you a bad witch. So you're very welcome here. <laughs> Something else I wanted to discuss uh, quickly before we kind of talk more about how to just make your own or spruce yours up or have some more ideas if uh, you, you know, have kind of a strict definition of what your grimoire is. You've been looking to change it up a little bit and make it more personal. Is are grimoires magical in themselves? Some people believe that they are like an amalgamation of all things witchy. And some people believe that like the book actually has power itself. I think Hocus Pocus actually is a really good representation of that. I'm thinking, yeah, because like, because the book in Hocus Pocus is almost sentient, right? I mean, I don't know if that eye's rolling around <laughs> for nothing. I really need to go back and watch Hocus Pocus. I think they're making a new one too. Sarah Jessica Parker is like rolling in it right now, honey. But yeah, I mean, I think the book has definitely some sentience, some action of its own and it's its own, it's its own magical item. But you know, sometimes we talk about witch tools being an extension of our own magic and sometimes they hold their own. Well, that's, that's a whole other interesting debate. See, I was almost like, should I not talk about this? Because it's quite layered, but I think it's interesting to think about. Um, everything obviously does carry its own magic. And then when we're using tools in our practice, it becomes an extension of our magic. Maybe the best way to say it is some things inherently are like extremely potent and magical and are, have, are like quite strong in the magic that they have. And some things just carry like their natural magic. Like, I don't know if this is necessarily a good comparison. <laughs> But I wouldn't say a crystal is like the most magical, powerful thing you will ever work with, even though they definitely are magical and powerful. But when I think about a grimoire, I think about it being kind of its own magical entity. I hope this makes sense. What I'm saying. Basically, it's it doesn't have to just like lay there and be a book that you've put together. It can definitely have its own magical powers in a way. I hope that makes sense. Anyway, we can deep dive this on another day because let's actually talk about like putting your grimoire together. Okay. Yeah. So I was listening back to that to be like, does this make sense? Of course it doesn't. But in Hocus Pocus, doesn't the book kind of trick Max and Homegirl and Thora Birch into reading from the book. So yeah, the book has its own kind of sentience in that way. And I'm not saying that grimoires are like alive and will be winking at you from across the altar. <laughs> you know, float around the room trying to get people to read from it and like flip its own pages. Just that it is kind of a powerhouse of magic. And it's magic in the way where I feel like it, even if you like touch it or you're in the same room as it, it it just has some kind of magical effects on on the people nearby, if that makes sense. I hope it does. If not, you know, just forget the last five minutes. <laughs> but grimoires, I think that's the most important. I think that the most important thing about a grimoire is understanding that it's not something that you have to do a certain way. I know in magic, it can be, especially if you're a beginner, you're a baby witch, it can be quite scary to understand that you can put your own spin on things and you can be an individual, uh, especially because we have so much in our media too. That's like, Oh, someone did a spell in this movie or this TV show. And they, they swapped out a newt's tongue for a frog's tail. <laughs> I just started thinking about Macbeth. It made me laugh. Um, 
wait, Macbeth or him? Macbeth. Sorry, brain's still wishing it's in Denmark. Um, or, oh, they did it at 12.07 uh, instead of midnight right on the dot. Or they faced east when they were supposed to face west, and now there's all these complications, and it backfired, and we spend the whole movie trying to correct this. I understand that seeing that can be, make it quite daunting, and you're dealing in a realm of magic, which is quite daunting because it's unseen, but it's something you feel, you know? Well, I mean, it can have seen repercussions, but it's something that you, you mostly feel on the inside when you're first getting started. But yeah, it's really important to understand that your magic comes from you and you're like touching all these tools and things with your own magic. And so you're already individually influencing it. So it doesn't have to be like with a grimoire. It doesn't, or within magical practice, it doesn't always have to be exactly as it's shown or as it's written. You have room for variation. You have room for improvisation. You have room for individuality. And, you know, I think... Like the word grimoire itself, I think it could be daunting to think about putting one together because you're like, well, it needs to be exactly right. What is exactly right is that it fits you. And what is exactly right is that it represents you. Like, we're gonna talk about this in a second, but all the means you can have a grimoire with. Uh, for example, I'm not a very artistic person. I can't draw. I can't paint. I wish. I think I've talked about this on the podcast. If I could, like, have any skill in life, I wish I could make art. I wish that, I mean, besides my, <laughs> besides my speaking voice, obviously. <laughs> but no, I really wish I could draw. I could sculpt. I could paint. I think that is the most amazing thing. And so my grimoire may not necessarily be filled with hand-drawn pictures and paintings. And I don't mean like, you know, the Mona Lisa, but I mean, you might have parts in your book where you want to illustrate, illustrations is a good word. You may want to illustrate certain herbs that you work with uh, in watercolor. You know, that's something that my book won't have, but someone who has a really uh, really has like an inclination towards artistic talent. And that is a part of their practice in a lot of ways. Their book may be filled with that. I'm more of a words person. I write, don't even get me started on this book. Not that anyone did, but <laughs> just like to complain about it whenever I can. But obviously I'm a writer. And so my book will be, I think I'm going to use book from now on out instead of grimoire too, because that word's tripping me up a little bit. But mine will have much more, you know, notes and much more writing and much more thoughts and, and kind of journaling aspects to it, where someone else's might be totally visual. So yeah, it's really individual to you as a witch. Same thing with what kind of witch you are. Like if you are a cosmic witch, your book may look totally different from a sea witch. Your book may look totally different from a hedge witch. You know, it really, it's just so personal. Now, that being said, it is something that can be passed on to. You could have a grimoire in your family. I guess I am going to use the word grimoire. <laughs> you can have a family grimoire. You can have one in your community. You can have a shared one in your coven. That is something that evolves over time. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice already that is evolving over time, something that has different passages in it, different collections, different thoughts, different handwritings, one that could be really illustrated heavily in one section and one that can be more words in one section, one that could be all sigils and symbols in one section. You know, just saying all of this to let you know it's okay to make it individual. Like if I list, what I'm going to list out to you that you can have in your grimoire is a list of suggestions. <laughs> it's not a list. It's not the be all end all. It is not, if you are missing, you know, a tarot card in there, that means you did it wrong and it's not going to work for you and you're not really a witch. No, of course not. It's, it's about you. You know, our practice 
it's interesting because if you're not necessarily like a totally solitary witch, by the way, I do have episodes if you're new, uh, where I go through all the witch types, which are called, <laughs> oh no, which witch? No, that's a Florence and the Machine song. What are they called? Which witch are you? I will, I'll, I'll put it, uh, in the episode notes if I remember, but it's a part one and part two, and they would have been recorded in May or June of 2019. Yeah. 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 Cause I was in Greece when I did those episodes. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I can't remember the names. All I can remember is snakes. on I <laughs> witches and herb. That's all that stuck with me. Um, but yeah, so if you need to go back and like figure out what kind of, what kind of witch you might be, if you're just on that part of your journey, I do have episodes for that. Uh, yeah, but your grimoire is individual and it's private. I think it's quite intimate and it doesn't mean you can't show it to other people, but I'm weird. So I don't like let people touch my, um, Oracle cards or my tarot cards, which is something I've talked about before. I don't let people kind of touch my magical things because I'm a big believer in energy transference. Of course you can always cleanse your things, but I don't know. I'm weird. <laughs> I just don't like people to touch. I don't want anyone's like oogie energy around me. You know what I mean? I just want to have my stuff set to my vibration. But yeah, personal, the more personal and the more individual, the better. Uh, unless it, again, it is a case of like something that is traditional in the family and something being passed down. But I think that's quite beautiful too, because it has an imprint of all these people that came before you and now it's your turn and then you'll pass it on as well. I think it can kind of be like, um, the tarot card idea, like, oh, you need to be given a deck for your first deck, or you can go and buy one. Some people are really like, no, you need to be gifted it. And I'm a big proponent of like, go buy it. <laughs> like, listen, we can't all sit around waiting for someone to gift us a tarot deck. And you also never really, I don't know if that's me being too like Scorpio ascended during Scorpio season, but you don't always know people's intentions and in giving you something or if they've put some kind of incantation or vibration into that deck. So I, I like to clean start it myself. I like to buy my own decks. I like to buy my own grimoire. I like to put it together myself. I like to put my my scent all over it. That was gross. And I knew as it was coming out of my mouth that that was a gross way to phrase it. But you know what? The toothpaste was out of the bottle. So what can you actually make your grimoire out of? Again, this is just a list of ideas. This does not have to be the be all end all. If you have another way you've done it, great works for you. Uh, so you can, I know a lot of people like to like go the traditional route and go to like the witch store in town or get one online and get like a very ornate looks like a book of shadows kind of book, like looks like the book from Charms. Wait a minute. Did the book from Charm also have an eye on it? <laughs> Just to keep that up. I can't remember. I think I do remember it had, I used to love Charmed, but I stopped watching when Shannon Doherty left because Prue, I like Prue was everything. I know she was a nightmare on set. Trust me. Um, but Peru was just like everything to me in that show. So I did stop watching it. I have no clue how it ended. Maybe I should circle back. Also, there's a new one. I don't know. Do y'all want to watch Charm together and like do some, do some, uh, like commentary or like group discussions? Let me know. Uh, but yeah, I, I do remember it had quite a big latch on it. Like there is an aspect to it of like, what is contained in here is sacred. What, in, what is contained in here is private. And it is like four witches eyes only stay out. No boys allowed, except of course, boys, <laughs> of course, everyone. But yeah, there is an aspect of like enter at your own risk also too. 
So yeah, you can get the very like old school kind of ornate bound book with the lock, with the key, um, you know, with all the gold leafing and the gold pages and bound in leather and gorgeous and huge and like just smells like a book, which is the best smell in the world. Or you don't have to do that. You can <laughs> simply get a journal. A lot of people have three ring binders, like, you know, you're back in school and you have tabs to kind of section off everything. If you have a very uh, organized, organization-prone brain, that might be one of the best ways to do it for you. You can use a scrapbook, again, which is really good for people that kind of have more of an artistic bend to how they like to keep their grimoire and how they like to express themselves and how they work with their magic. Um, digital. I... I'm not personally a fan of digital. And when I mean digital, of course, I mean uh, keeping just like a Google Doc. <laughs> like It doesn't have to be anything more than that. Keeping a blog works as you can have um, a virtual grimoire, you know, keeping a blog, doing vlogs um, or like even I mean, I would keep it private, like I said, but like an old school kind of live journal situation. I don't know if live journal on Zanga still exists, but where you can just go and write. And not necessarily it's not necessarily a blog format where you're like making a post and sharing it, but just where you can be honest online, you know, where it's just for you. I I don't I can't think of any websites that still exist like that. I'm sure there are. I don't <laughs> I haven't looked for a live journal or Zanga in like 20 years and I don't I didn't even have them at the time. My only experiences with them is one friend, quote unquote, wrote one about me and like named me in it. And it like went all around the high school and it was a very dramatic. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had a falling out because of that. So I was involved in the live journal Zanga drama of the time period, but I never actually had one. But if there are like private journals online, you can still use them. And I think something cool about keeping yours online, even though it's not my preferred way to do it. I'm a real pen to paper kind of gal, um, is that you can still definitely decorate it and have it reflect you. I mean, you can put in all kinds of images, you can get stuff from Pinterest, you can, you know, graphic design it up a little bit if you're good at that kind of thing, and still make it very witchy and magical. It doesn't have to just be like words typed on the page, but it could be. It's up to you. Um, actual published spell books that you have already purchased, not borrowed from the library because you can't keep those, but do support our libraries. Uh, but yeah, if you have a spell book that you have worked a lot of the spells out of and you feel a special connection to it, there's no reason you can't go in and make your own notations to it. You can't make adjustments to it. You can't draw on the margins of it. Like it's your book, you own it. And so you can take a book that's already published and turn it into your grimoire and make it your own. That's a thing too. It doesn't have to be like, a total labor of like pen, a uh, quill and ink and like writing out every word of yourself, uh, every word yourself. You can start with something that's already established and you can make it your own. Uh, what else did I write down? Oh, a sketchbook. Again, good for our, our witchies out there that are really good with illustrations, drawings, paintings. And even if you aren't, do it. If you rather represent yourself in symbols and in, um, in drawings instead of words, you feel more comfortable with that go for it. Like I would love to be able to, I can, I can draw a mean like flower, <laughs> like, like pollen in the middle, petals, a couple leaves. Like I can do it. I, I got some skills. <laughs> I can draw a cloud when need be, but I just feel very comfortable with expressing myself with words. I feel like it's kind of a divine gift that I may have. And so that's why I just <clears throat> would lean more towards a journal format 
<laughs> my voice is really not trying to stick with me today. I'm so not used to podcasting anymore. Um, instead of doing a sketchbook format. Also, I am quite meticulous about... So here's a, a fun little side story. My mom told me the other day, because I was telling her how I've always had issues over my life with perfectionism, and I need things to be perfect and just so. And she told me when I was in kindergarten, my teacher, so I've been four or five, and that's the first year I was in the gifted program. She told my mom, she's like, you know, Megan, me, my real name. <laughs> she's so smart. She's so bright. But she is a bit of a perfectionist. Everything has to be lined up just so. If she writes something and it's not perfect, she has to go back and erase it and do it over and over again. I was having a lot of repetitive um, behaviors already and like an obsession with perfection. So that's fun. It's fun to know that your mental illnesses uh, show up real early. <laughs> it's not really, no, I'm a neurotic 30-year-old. That's what's happening. No, 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 no. It's it's there. You just have to look for it. Um, but yeah, so aligned journal, aligned composition book is the next thing on my list. That is always something that's way better for me because the symmetry of the lines and like the perfection of the writing is intrinsic to me and thus intrinsic to my magic. Whereas you could have an open sketchbook and just doodle and write wherever and that might work better for you. What else do I have? So aligned notebook, composition book. Or you can literally hands make a book. <laughs> you can put your pages together, you can have them bound, and you can make your own book. Or you can hand hand buy. Why is the word hand throwing me off so much? Or you can buy a handmade book from, again, your witch store. But it doesn't have to be like the super ornate, like lock and key kind of book, but just a pretty little handmade blank book that really resonates with you. I did see a couple of tips that I'll share, uh, I guess now. One person that I was looking at her blog and she had like the cutest ideas for her uh, grimoire. And one that I really liked was staining the pages with like tea because it gives your book kind of a worn and ancient look. <laughs> I was like, that's really cool. I actually really like that. And that's the thing too. Like you could really characterize your book and do all these accents to it that makes it look like it's something that you found like buried in, <laughs> buried in the forest under a full moon. Or it could be something super modern. It's just so cool, like all the ways that we have grimoires and this idea of it. And you can really make it your own. I love that so much. There's too many things in life where we're expected to do like exactly what everyone else is doing. And we have to measure it exactly as everyone else measures it. So I just love that it's such an expression of your individuality. And it's so intimate. And it's so personal. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah, but she said you can use tea to stain your pages, which I thought was really cool. Uh, she also said you can put envelopes in your book. And so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I do like the idea of like either using construction paper or I don't know, construction paper <laughs> to make a little pocket in your book. And so you can put like little scrolled incantations in there. You can put all kinds of things that we'll talk about in a second. Um, so yeah, the pocket thing was really cool. Or, you know, if you have more of a scrapbook feel, a lot of them come with like little envelope sections and pockets, but you could take a piece of, what are those things called? Felt? Like, uh, you get the squares of felt at the fabric store, or I guess any kind of fabric really. And you could bind your book, which I'm just thinking about now, if you wanted to like bind it in velvet, which would be very cool. And I might do that now that I'm saying it out loud. Um, or you could take felt and make like a little pocket or a little square where you can keep things. So yeah, I thought that was really neat. What else did she have on her thing? I should have looked at it again before I started recording, but why, why would I do that? <laughs> why would I do something that makes sense? Oh gosh, let me think if anything else comes to me. Those are the two things that really stuck out. So we'll just, we'll go with that. So what can go in a grimoire? 
everything, anything and everything magical can go in your grimoire. The list that I wrote out was spells, chants, and incantations, ritual instructions. So let's say uh, I did a very, very early episode about how to do a floor wash. If you wanted to write down, you know, the way that I said I do it, it's a great base. And then if you found modifications like, oh, you know, instead of using basil, I use cinnamon or I found that it worked best when I used this temperature of water, or I decided to go counterclockwise, or I started at this part of my house and went here, or I said this while I was doing it. There's all different ways that you can, you know, put your own spin on it. So ritual instructions. Um, how to's for magical items like talismans or amulets, how to make them, how to work with them, uh, what certain ones do with what, or for what, or with whom. <laughs> all of your correspondences, each and every one's, your planet correspondences, your horoscope correspondences, your element correspondences, your uh, days of the week correspondences, your times of the day correspondences, <laughs> your uh, seasonal correspondences, your Sabbath correspondences, your color correspondences, your candle course, every, each and every one, make a page for it. That is a good way to fill up your book. Uh, photographs, uh, anything that has special meaning to you, like photographs of friends and family, photographs that just have moved you, photographs of things you've seen in nature, photographs of you as a child, photographs of you in different uh, segments of your witch journey, photographs of your kids, of your loved ones, of your grandma that you know was a witch but would never admit it, <laughs> photographs of things you might want to manifest, anything like that. Uh, the envelopes thing I already said, but the things you can keep in the envelopes, like, I guess I'm going to say envelopes and envelopes. More ideas are uh, herbs. You can keep crystals in them. You can keep other tokens. Let's say you have um, like a grandparent's wedding ring or someone that, you know, departed. You have a piece of jewelry from them. You can keep it there. If you do want to uh, kind of bring that into your, your magical expressions. Um, I also saw, so on the website where she had the envelope idea, which I loved, I saw, <laughs> my voice is not working with me. Uh, I saw also she had dirt or sand. If you want to have certain natural elements or they come from sacred places that are important to you. Um, I saw that she had, uh, cat's whiskers that had shed. So if you're familiar, you know, has some, uh, hair clippings you can take or some part of their body they've shed, like a little tooth or a little nail or whatever. No, obviously don't injure any animals in this process, but you can add it there. There is something else. Oh, hair trimmings. So if you have done a spell where it requires your own hair trimmings, or if you've done something where you've like, with consent, bound yourself with a lover, or if you have something that you want to keep, uh, of your little witchling, you can do that as well. You know how like in a baby book, they always have baby hair, like, I don't, do they? Why am I saying that with so much authority <laughs> with my no kids and no concept of what having children is? But I know in my baby book, there was a place where they had cut like a curl of mine. I guess it was like baby's first haircut or whatever. And I always used to rub my finger over it because it was so silky and soft. Um, yeah, so you could do that, you know, little hair clippings. Was there anything else? I don't know. I just love the envelope idea. So whatever you have that can go in there that you're like, oh, that would be the perfect spot for XYZ. Go with that. Uh, what else did I write? Oh, divination tools like tarot cards or oracle cards, obviously. Or you could probably put like a pendulum in the envelope situation because it wouldn't like roll out and get cracked or anything. But obviously something like a crystal ball is going to fit. So I'd skip that. Um, oh, pressed flowers and herbs just to not only have them like in the little pockets you may create, but to actually have them like pressed into your book to become a part of the decoration, but also to kind of like uh, lend their magic to certain pages. If you have, uh, 
if you have pages on correspondence for like natural magic elements etc then that would be good pages or if you have let's say a protection spell in your book I would press bay leaves onto that page because bay leaves are known to be really great uh protective what's the word herbs <laughs> energies which you can see what I'm doing with my arms right now I move so much when I record this podcast because I talk with my hands and my goodness the the way I haven't accidentally punched myself in the face it's a miracle um, or let's see, if you're doing, say, a page with a love spell on it, again, with consent, it would be a good page to press uh, rose, roses into or rose petals or baby's breath, anything like that. So what else did I write? Oh, glossary of terms. Yes, <laughs> please. Two of my favorite things, and I have another note down here for an inventory of, so I'll skip to it now, an inventory of what you actually have like what you use and what your experience has been with it or an inventory of what you just currently magically have. If you need to add more things, if something isn't working, it's a good place for a list. You know, I love a list. So uh, inventory is really good. Indexes of what's actually in the book. So you can kind of poke around and not just be like, I know somewhere in these 500 pages, I have something. let's see, especially if you're very kind of loosey-goosey like I am. I do want to say that as well. Your grimoire can be five pages. It can be 5,000 pages. Again, there's not like a perfect length for it, but it is something that you will hopefully be adding to over time. But glossary of terms, so important because I will learn a new witch term and I'll be like, oh, I remember that. I should totally got it. Like grimoire. When I learned grimoire, would have been the perfect time to sit down and write down what the etymology of it, what it means. <laughs> a direct translation. But instead, I was just like, oh, I know it's like vaguely French. So I'll just go with that. Having a glossary of terms, like let's say you even wanted to put like Samhain in there. We all know what Samhain is at this point, I think. I think most people that aren't magic practitioners know what Samhain is. But it's a great place to not just have the definition of it, like not just have the meaning of the word, not just have a definition of what it is, not just say that it's a festival, but also put dates there. You know, also put little notes under that glossary that let you know like, how you celebrate it, what's it about, what you like to do personally for it. A glossary is everything. I love it. Now, you may not care or need it, so don't worry if you don't, but I love a glossary. In any book, honestly, I used to, like, when I was a kid, okay, so I'm on this dinosaur journey. I don't know what's happening to me. I guess after I write this book, I'm going to go be a paleontologist, maybe, but I had a book that was like a children's encyclopedia about dinosaurs. And in the back was a glossary of all the dinosaur related words and also all the different type of dinosaurs. And when I tell you I used to pour over that thing, I'm a nerd for glossaries and also generally in life. Um, another thing that I hadn't thought of before, but when I was looking up earlier, uh, different things to include is a copy of your birth chart, which I think is brilliant, especially if you are a cosmic or astrology aligned witch and that's a heavy part of your practice. Because astrology is something that I am very slowly starting to learn about and just just uh, getting the swing of, I would definitely include it now. But even if you aren't or you don't, I think it's still important to have in there because it is so, again, personal and it's so indicative of you. It is something that will influence the book because it is your book. You know what I mean? Like it, it represents every aspect of you basically. From top to bottom. And so even just having the image of it, even just having the energy of it in your book, I think puts a big influence over your book and, and binds you to it a little bit more. 
And birth charts are so important. Like, I think we all should be learning about them to the best of our ability and reading about it. I don't know how people don't love them because I love reading about myself. <laughs> Things we've learned today. I am a perfectionist and an egomaniac. Now, I... I love it. I love reading about myself. I'm like, oh, that's I, I am really creative. <laughs> I do have really intense eyes. <laughs> I love it. I don't know how people don't like it. Even the parts that aren't great, you know, comparatively. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. That is. Yep. I. Yeah, that's I have anxiety all the time. That's about right. <laughs> so birth chart, I think is a really good thing. And it's not something I had thought about before. So I'm gonna add one to mine. This also. Talking about putting your book together, obviously this is something that you're gonna to wanna to consecrate and protect. So I like the idea of having a blessings page in it, like a page with a blessing that is written out or typed out in your handwriting that has kind of protective elements illustrated around it that are like personally protective to you or your lineage and have that as the first page of the book. Again, you don't have to do this. You can put it in the back of the book. You can uh, write one up and put it into a pocket. You don't have to have one at all. You may have different ways of consecrating things. You can um, connect with it in the way that I connect with my Oracle cards. This is just an example where I will knock on them with my dominant hand. I will, you know, sleep next to them. I will run them over with my favorite crystals. I will speak to them, literally like speak my intention into them. You can do all of these things if you want with your grimoire. So yeah, you can do a blessings page. You can, uh, like literally your way of consecration is probably different from everyone else's because we don't, again, all have to do the same thing. So do it that way. But you can definitely uh, smoke, cleanse it, cleanse it in other ways. I would be careful with any liquid kind of cleanses, like a salt spray or anything, so you don't want to damage it, obviously. It's a book with paper. <laughs> but yeah, like I would just, I would put on my altar. I would put all my favorite crystals on top of it. I would designate a crystal for it. I would, you can sleep next to it. A lot of people do that too. Uh, I would bring it to a special spot with me that's sacred. I would cast a circle around it and kind of like, you know, bond us together. There's so many ways to do it. I find that one of the easiest ways is to include that blessings page. And when I say blessings, I don't mean like, you know, necessarily prayer and religion and things like that. Just a blessing for the book and for you using the book and something that keeps it in a really beautiful and non bad vibes space if that makes sense so that's something I do you don't have to uh oh and then lastly for the list that I wrote out I put drawings of sigils and symbols this could be stuff that you're actively working with right now you're actively creating or it can be you keeping record and note of things that you're noticing a lot of um if it's something that you're having a lot in your dreams if it's something that you're seeing just out in the world I will notice it's, I don't know if it's just my brain's picking up on it more, but when I decide to travel somewhere, all of a sudden I'll see it everywhere. Like after I booked my trip to Denmark, I turned on the TV one day and there was a special on about Viking, uh, archaeology, Viking archaeology <laughs> of archaeological digs that were happening in Denmark at the time to uncover Viking structures is what I'm trying to say. And every, like anytime I turn on the TV, there'd be something about Denmark. Anytime I go on Twitter, the first thing would be about Denmark. And I'm like, who's talking about Denmark this much? And so I kind of saw that as a pattern and a confirmation of me going there. Although I will say when I asked my cards about it, they kept saying compromise to me. So I think that just means I would have to move my trip, but I, I am still meant to go. Um, and also they're teaching me a lesson about compromising because it's my least favorite thing on earth. <laughs> but yeah, if you keep seeing a word over and over if you're noticing 
a pattern over and over. If you keep seeing a certain kind of butterfly, if you see a certain type of bird, if you keep encountering a sunflower everywhere you go, that's something that is good to to write down, to draw, to acknowledge it and be like, you know, what what is this telling me right now? And maybe when you take the time to write it, to draw it, to sit with it, to look at it, you're like, oh, this this means this and this is the question that I asked and I've been waiting for an answer and this is what it's telling me. So it is good to like include little drawings of things that you're noticing or that keep coming to you. Or again, just drawings and illustrations in general. I am just not doing that because I'm jealous of everyone who can and I wish it was, I wish it was me so bad. I know I could take art lessons and it's something I think when I'm done with the book and I'm uh, I have time from my busy paleontology career that I'm going to try to honestly start taking some drawing classes because I know art can be like skill with art can be taught to a certain extent. I just mean people that naturally can do it. I'm like, oh, you're so lucky. What a what a beautiful thing to have. Okay, anyway, I'm done gassing up people that have natural artistic skill. I just think it's so beautiful. And I, I've always like really, really wanted to be able to do that. Okay, so I think think that's kind of where we're going to stop with our grimoire episode. Obviously, this is something you can talk about at length. There's so much to talk about. There's so many ideas about what you can include. I would love to hear what's in your grimoires. I'll make a post in the group like I always do when there's a new episode. And please like, tell me what's in your grimoire, what you would suggest, anything that I didn't say today that you think is like essential. And you're like, Mickey, I can't believe you didn't say this. Don't say it like that. You will hurt my feelings. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to know. I would love to hear suggestions. I would love to know what material yours is. I would love to know um, when you started yours and if you had one and you scrapped it and you started a new one or if you inherited one. Tell me all about your grimoire. I want to hear everything about it. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but what else is new? I always am. I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> I realized because this year has been so cuckoo bananas that I haven't done any fundraising yet for a specific organization. And I like to do Planned Parenthood every year. So if you would like to do a reading, um, I'm doing $15 three card readings, you can DM me on Facebook. Yeah, that's usually the best place to grab me. Um, not grab me, but to <laughs> get me <laughs> if you want to do one. And we will do our annual donation to Planned Parenthood that provides invaluable services to communities all over. I go to Planned Parenthood. I actually, did I say this last week? Because I overshare everything about my life. I had to have uh, an ultrasound and it was all good and gravy. And the doctor that I worked with at Planned Parenthood or the healthcare provider could not have been more patient and explained things better and been lovely and really listened to me and really followed up because I told her about a recurrent pain I was having and I've told other people about it, like other doctors that were outside of the gynecological profession and everyone else was like, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. And turns out it was actually something there. It's just not something that I need to be worried about, you know, unless it gets crazy. So let me not use crazy. I'm trying to not use ableist language unless it because becomes something to worry about, you know. Uh, and so I really appreciated that she listened to me and that she was proactive and she sent me to go get tests instead of just kind of making a guesstimate. I've always had really lovely experiences with Planned Parenthood. Um, even my not good experiences have been pretty good. <laughs> they still got the job done, you know what I mean? And I just think they they are so important to all communities are so important to marginalized communities in particular. It is some of the only healthcare access that a lot of people have, and they are so much more 
Then just the portions, which are obviously heavily stigmatized, and I will not go into my talk about that right now, but I think that abortion is important. I think that it is absolutely a healthcare right. And so, yeah, I support Planned Parenthood because I support abortion, but I also support Planned Parenthood because I support health screenings for everyone. I support um, uh, HIV and STI prevention and treatment. I support... Uh, gender transition and non-binary identities. And I think all of those people, I don't mean to say those people, but like not, I'm not included in that, but I think everyone deserves a benefit, uh, access to care and to like have benefits of a medical system that cares about them. And so obviously I am very, very, very passionate about Planned Parenthood. And so as always, we've done it for like three years now, we're going to be donating there. Uh, if you don't support Planned Parenthood, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast run by a very liberal <laughs> black queer woman. Not sure how you found yourself here, but um, this might be your last episode. But I, I know, no, you have all been amazing every year. And we've raised hundreds of dollars for Planned Parenthood. And of course, I will, I will, um, I always do it from Bad Witch, from the Bad Witch podcasting community, and I, Coven, I think I even wrote one time. And I will, of course, post the actual donation certificate, so you will see that it actually went there. So yeah, if you want to do a $15 reading, uh, let me know. I am open for doing them, I guess. We'll do them towards, for the rest of the year, whatever. I'm not going anywhere. I probably, I don't know. <laughs> Anything can happen, but only good stuff from now on. Uh, but yeah, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I think we are going to end up kind of coming up on an hour. I thought it was only going to be 30 minutes. I hope it's been massively beneficial for you when it comes to all things grimoire. Um, it's definitely something we can revisit at another time. And like I said, we could be revisiting because I don't remember if I did an episode on this. But yeah, I really hope you enjoyed. Um, please tell me all about your grimoires. I hope you enjoyed my impassioned plea and talk about Planned Parenthood. I hope that you just enjoy me because I love y'all so much. I hope you know that you deserve good. I hope everyone's doing really well with the time change. I know this is definitely seasonal affective disorder. And, you know, <laughs> pretty much anyone that deals with anything and aren't we all at this point, it gets a little harder when there's less sunlight. And as someone that loves, you all know that the sun is my enemy. <laughs> also the moon, Loki. <laughs> the full moon, Loki. But, you know, as someone who really, like, enjoys darkness and long nights and cold, it it's hard, you know, on all of us. And it affects some of us more than others. And so I hope we're just all having a good transition with that period. I think the next... So... I want to do an episode on scrying. It's something that I've meant to do since the beginning. Uh, I'm just a little overwhelmed by it. And I think that's why I've been putting it off for three years. And also, I, I stopped doing the podcast for a while, but I guess not really. Um, and I definitely want to do an episode about different kinds of psychic abilities. I don't know if that's quite the right word for it. But since I kind of learned that I'm claircognizant, I would like to do an episode where I look at the difference between different abilities. Just, you know, what is clairvoyant? What is clairaudient? What is claircognizant? What are all these terms and what do they mean? Because if you have, again, a glossary that you can reference, maybe you can identify like, oh, wait, that's me. Hold on. <laughs> wait a minute. Because <laughs> I know I'm not necessarily clairvoyant. And I know I'm not necessarily clairaudient. But the thing that made the most sense to me when I was finally told was Claire Cognizant. I was like, oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. So I do want to do episodes on that. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any episode ideas. Like I said in the Facebook group, uh, after about three years and all these episodes, it can be hard to think of new things to discuss, which is why I might be repeating myself. 
But yeah, I hope you're all doing well. I love you all so much. And I will talk to you, I think, next week. It's next week. I'm going to get kind of busy with work uh, because of shopping season, holiday shopping season. Uh, but if I can, I want to put up an episode. That's the other thing I want to say for the lunar eclipse that's coming up because that's going to be a big deal. Oh, it's going to be a big lunar, lunar eclipse. Man, <laughs> there's something. Okay, I love you all so much. The answer to get into the Facebook group is the craft. I will talk to you soon. Blessed be. Goodbye.